What's the nature of your emergency? Good morning, police, fire, military, and families, and to everybody listening in on the Tactical Living Podcast. I'm your host, Ashley Walton, and I'm joined with my guest this morning from Alaska, not Chicago, (laughs) Mr. Chris Denson. Chris, how are you? I'm doing very great. Thank you so much, Ashley. So, Chris, I didn't know that you had the portfolio, the experience, the the type of resume that you do um, until I got into reading the pre-interview questions that you filled out, and then, of course, social media stalking you and going on your website. And I have to first say, because I don't want to forget, your children have the coolest names that I have ever heard (laughs) out of any children that I have ever heard of. So Passage and Lane, right? Yes. Yes. Yeah, I absolutely love those names. So tell us a little bit about yourself. Yeah. So um, I, I, again, you mentioned, I think I I grew up outside Chicago and um, I really loved growing up there. I was a bit of a lake rat, spent a lot of time on the water and, and playing and such and just doing, I think, a normal, normal childhood. Uh, felt pretty privileged to have some great loving parents and a, and a great family. And um, I've got uh, a lot of family in Chicago fire as well. Um, my grandfather was actually the first minority fire commissioner in the city. And then my uncle went and followed his footsteps as well. So that kind <clears> of <throat> spurred an interest there. And I came to Alaska actually to finish up college. I started off again in Wisconsin and then got up here, um, fell in love with nature and outdoors. And I started working for the U.S. Forest Service. Uh, I was a a commissioned peace officer with them for quite a while, but I was doing more resource protection. I I had, I've I've always actually, I've had what other people call sexy jobs. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) I was a a kayak ranger for about eight years. So we, I went out in Prince William Sound, this beautiful mountain waterway, tons of wildlife for, you know, 10 day wilderness patrols where we would just go out and, and look for um, evidence of human use, clean up some things, check on some wildlife stuff. <clears throat> and I met my wife up here and we started a family. I, I would do the forest service work in the summer, <laughs> excuse me, <clears throat> work up here at our local ski hill in the winter um, as a ski patroller. Another one of those great jobs. We, we, um, are in a class A avalanche area. So I would carry explosives on the slopes and hmm. got to got to do a lot of that fun work. We have a, a military howitzer program here too. So we have four military cannons that we would shoot at the slopes. And um, I really, I loved it, you know, um, started- How having, nonchalant yeah. you say that. Like, we have military <laughs> cannons, we shoot at the slopes. It's, like, um, no big deal. Yeah, again, I, I just have had these these beautiful jobs, but you know, I I, I feel like I've always chased what I wanted to do, what would be fun. And, you know, that served me until, you know, I don't want to seem wrong, but then, you know, I had some kids and started raising a family um, and actually backed off some of the patrol work. And I was a stay at home dad. My wife taught so I could be gone doing the wilderness patrols in the summer and be home a little bit more in the winter. But I really stopped taking care of myself. Uh, I, I had this limiting belief that I had to take care of everybody before myself, you know, to the point where I even stopped eating some of my favorite fruits like bananas and such. Like, no, that's a soft fruit. That's for the kids. I can't touch that. Mm. But it was much bigger of an issue. I stopped really, you know, socializing so much and getting outside and doing what what fulfilled me just because it was all about the kids, all about the kids. And um, I really just did not have a good positive impact 
on me. And that's what kind of led me to mindset work and personal growth and development. Um, you know, I realized I, I really immersed myself in fatherhood and I was really good at it, but I was burning myself out there too. Um, and even then going back to work, it's like, oh, I love these jobs. These are really fun, sexy jobs, but they weren't fulfilling me, you know, and it was hard to, to realize that everybody, you know, especially you're hearing all the, oh my God, you got a great job. That's so, that must be fun. I'm like, yeah, it's fun, but I've kind of mastered them. I'm not growing anymore. I'm not learning anything new. And what I've come to learn is, and I really believe it, there really is there's no like leveling off in career or life. Like you're either learning and growing or you're slipping backwards. And um, I just, I got stuck. I really resisted a death and rebirth phase of like, you know, the death of Chris before kids and rebirth of Chris after kids, things like skiing out onto slopes with explosives to cause avalanches just weren't as exciting, you know, and of course, maybe now as a parent, they seem a little dangerous. And, um, but that might be one extreme, even just just getting out and playing in the mountains, some of the ways I like to do um, weren't doing it for me. And I, I struggled for, I think, a, too long to kind of figure that out that I need to make some changes. And um, mindset for me was really one way I was able to push back against some of these beliefs and constructs that I created that were keeping me from really just being happy. Um, I didn't really have to go do a lot or change careers or move or change family, any of that. I just had to change my thoughts and change the thinking patterns that was going in. Um, and so I've been on that journey for about five or six years now. And it's, it's just, I feel incredibly blessed to get to guide others on a similar journey. Man, I love everything that you're saying. You're definitely speaking my language. Good morning, everybody. Thought I'd say hi before hitting the highway. <laughs> Have a good day, Chad. I stopped socializing years ago. Yeah, I, I completely understand that. Um, we are doing a giveaway. Whoever comments the most on our live is um, going to win. What are we giving away today? A 72-piece professional survival kit for hunting, hiking, disasters, and accidents, which yes. is pretty badass. So something Perfect. that I might also buy myself. Happy can be a mindset. Yes, that is absolutely the truth. So you... You described something, Chris, that I have personally been through, um, not with children, but on a personal level, saying that you felt so much guilt even doing something as mundane as eating the bananas because the bananas are a soft food and should be reserved for the children. So what allowed you to push past that sort of guilt that we feel when we want to pour into ourselves? Yeah, um, that's a that's a great question, Ashley. So what allowed me to kind of push past some of that guilt? Um for me, it was really gaining an understanding that some like what's what was the root of that? What was that belief? Right. So with mindset, it's a lot of these stories we tell ourselves or I kind of call them limiting beliefs, constructs, dysfunctions even. But I like to narrow it down to a narrative. What am I what's that self-talk? And again, that belief for me was I need to take care of everybody else before I take care of myself. And um to overcome that, I really just had to look at that belief. Okay, where did that come from? You know, like where either was it something I picked up from my parents? Was it something I picked up from society, like movies? Um, you know, I think with that belief specifically being a, a stay-at-home dad, I felt like maybe I had something to prove like, hey, we can do this too, <laughs> you know? Um, but to do it, I got to like full on uh, immerse myself in that. And especially with toddlers and babies, I mean... I've I've had other people help me understand that 
believe it or not, I, I'll, I'll attach to this. Maybe it's another limiting belief, but you know, men just don't have the patience that women have. So it is a bit more of a struggle. And um, so anyway, I had to take that belief and I really just had to flip it into a new empowering decision. And the beautiful part about a lot of these constructs that are holding us back, if you really like pause and think about them, they're completely illogical. Um, and they're not serving you. It's just this narrative you held. And it's usually deep in your subconscious. So you're not always just like, oh, I, I like I never came out and was like, oh, I can't eat that banana because I have to take care of them. Right. It was just something that was spinning in my subconscious. And when I could give myself the space to write some of this down and reflect on it, like, oh, yeah, that's that's a limiting belief. And then I just have a tool an empowering decision matrix where I write the limiting belief. I write a new empowering decision, which for me was, and generally empowering decisions are just the opposite of these beliefs holding us back. Uh, the empowering decision there was uh, until I take care of myself, I can't even imagine or expect to take care of anybody else, right? And then I had to stack all the evidence for why that's true. And that's kind of where the meat and potatoes is because the brain's a bullshit detector. So you can't just like, oh, I am happy and, and abundant and blah, blah, blah. It's like, well, wait, no, how are you? But there's evidence. There's always evidence. You can go back and look for past experiences and write down like, oh, yeah, I've tried this and this hasn't worked. And um, even now, like while I was writing that down, I had started a development journey. I'm like, look, I'm taking care of myself and, and look how much better I'm showing up for that, <laughs> you know? Uh, so you kind of have to trick the brain, not even trick the brain, you got to show the brain the truth, because the brain is just a Google machine, you know, you want to do something, it's going to pull up all this past experiences to tell you whether that's good, or whether that's safe, or whether you should do it. Um, but the brain has also evolved to be a survival mechanism. So it wants to keep you safe, which it thinks is is in its comfort zone, not doing anything different. And this is where, you know, when you, when you want to, you feel nervous about taking a new job or doing something you've never done, that's really hard. Um, even if you maybe deep down, you know, it's safe and it's okay. The brain's trying to pull evidence to show you it's not safe because it really doesn't want you to do new things because it doesn't know it's going to be okay. It thinks actually you might die from some of this stuff, but not a lot of that is going to kill us in, in this day. Yeah, I love that. And my coach calls that repro reprogramming our algorithms, which I think yeah, is, is I exact, exactly what you're talking about sure. with this framework. Yeah. So um, same as me as well. I still put people first, but I learned recently that I can be right up there with them. Yes, that is absolutely the truth. Our job changes us. Good, good morning to whoever said that. Um, it's up to the individual to find that happy medium. Good morning, everyone. Hello from Pennsylvania. Hi, good morning. So Chris, you have a, a strategy that you use in order to help people to disconnect their mindsets from work and to, to emotionally be able to clock out, which is something that I know that so many first responders and armed service members struggle with. So can you walk us through that process? Yeah. So you know what the concept, and it's actually got a good term called <clears throat> fancy, whatever, psychological detachment from work. And I, I really like that because it kind of highlights what we're trying to do, like kind of really get our thinking and our thought patterns away from work and which allows us to be present at home, whether that's with family or with ourself and self-care or our peers or whoever we live with, whatever. We just got to learn to to disconnect that. And I, I get it like that is a big struggle. And admittedly, it's, it's a struggle for law enforcement, first responders more than many other professions because we just have that propensity. We're all leading with our hearts and, and just care so damn much. It's it's hard to let go of that. Um, you know, what what I have found has worked and and I worked in a 
in a you know more professional career for a while there too and doing operations work <clears throat> um we need we get to kind of find opportunities to come up with some kind of habit right where routine driven beings have um humans just generally are we're outcome driven we want an outcome so if we can start finding something that we can do after work that we do consistently at the end of the day um, to kind of signal to our brain that we're we're detaching that we're ending the day a lot of people like to just do a, a little walk maybe walk around the block or walk commute up to the car um, sometimes it could be like listening to specific podcast you know on the way home um, you know, people that work from home, again, sometimes it's getting out to move around or doing like a workout or anything like that. It's, it's a little less about specifically what you do. Um, some, I personally, especially in some stressful jobs, I, I like to recommend people do some like reflection time. Uh, I, for a while kept just an end of workday journal where I would just write down how the day went and specifically things for the next day. <laughs> Cause I would mostly what I was carrying was like, Oh yeah, don't forget that. Oh, you got that tomorrow. Don't forget that. And when you write this stuff down, you can just pull it out of your brain and put it down. The same works great at night. Like if you find yourself ruminating on the same thought, all, you know, I used to spin that in my head as I'm lying in bed. It was usually something I had to do the next day. And I just started keeping a journal by my bed. And if I wrote all that stuff down, it would just disappear. Um, but again, it's it doesn't need to even be like a super heavy, reflective, meditative thing. It just needs to be a, a similar thing. Um, that you just start to train yourself like, hey, you just this is time to shut down. This is time to to shift your focus and, and let work go. And it takes time. I think this is where a lot of people struggle like, oh, I did that that one day or I did a full week of doing it and it didn't work. Well, again, we're habitual beings. It just it takes a little time and, and just stick with it. Give yourself compassion. Realize that this isn't happening right away but the benefits are are really profound and can be be really really powerful yeah, yeah and i i love that concept and there's a couple things coming up for me because i recently read a study that shows that we are not supposed to be reading in bed because bed is the mm -hmm. is synonymous with sleeping and mm -hmm. when we're reading then our brain is very confused am i supposed to be awake alert and taking in con you know yeah. value here or am i supposed to be like resting and relaxing and so it's very similar to that and I remember jobs being younger where you had a physical time card and you would clock in and clock out. And there's this sense of gratification with the acknowledgement and tapping into like the sense of physically clocking out from work. And so what you're talking about reminds me very much of that, like being attuned to whatever the activity is that you choose for your clock out or I'm done, but making sure that you're aware of it and then using it on a regular basis. Yeah, no, I love that. Again, it's just it's a habitual thing. It's just like Pavlov's bell, like somebody's ringing mm -hmm. the bell. Oh, okay, cool brain shift. And, um, you know, there's good, good comments in here about like maybe not hanging out with other law enforcement professionals or because that's all you talk about. And on one hand, like, yeah, that that's okay. But I would also challenge you to maybe do that with that community, but challenge that community to not talk about work, call them out, call them forward. Like, Hey, let's talk about, you know, because then you're actually serving others too of, of how to do this. But, um, you know, you really are the product of the five people you spend the most time with. So, yeah, if you're always going out with people after work and they just can't help themselves, but that's how they want to decompress and do this and that. If you need that, great. But if not, maybe it is time to kind of change who you're surrounding yourself with. Yeah, absolutely. What happens when you can't get that time to write down, to write things down and then continue to deal with situations? Yeah, um, you know, 
time is a is a funny thing and a lot of, oh i don't have enough time i don't have enough time really if you don't have, if you keep saying you don't have enough time you just don't prioritize it um you know we get to make our own time and that was a hard lesson and limiting belief i had to overcome too this is why now i get up at five o'clock every day and i get a full generally two hours sometimes 90 minutes every morning to take care of myself before my kids get up before my wife gets up before my day gets going um, you know, the morning's a little bit easier. So I understand at the end of the day, that can be hard and decompress, but sometimes it's only just a couple minutes. You know, I know a lot of people that do this in their car, right? Okay. I left work. I'm going to sit in my car, pulling out my journal. I'm just going to write down a couple wins, you know, like if in journal can be tough for some people too, especially reflective journaling. So, um, what I really teach is just this concept of, of three by three, cause there's no resistance to that. And I do this every night before I go to bed, but I've, I've helped people detach with this way where you're just listing three wins for the day, three celebrations, what went good, just three little bullets, this, 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 um, three gratitudes, for the day like hey i'm really grateful for this and this and this and then three goals for the next day like when goals what you know it could also just be to do's like three things you want to just keep front of mind that that you want to do um i really like the three by three format. for one it's going to bring really good energy it's going to help we never make enough space to celebrate what went good our brain always goes toward the like oh that was effed up that was really bad um, and we ruminate on those things. Again, that's the survival mechanism of the brain. It wants to always be solving problems. If there are no problems, the brain's going to make up problems because if the brain is not actively solving problems, it really thinks it's not doing its job and we're going to die. But again, there's primal fears are, are not as relevant today as it's all intellectual fears like what is Susie in accounting going to think about my outfit today? <laughs> you know, um, Not to credit, there are definitely primal fears out there, but the brain can't tell the difference, right? So anyway, celebrating wins is really good. Gratitude is a really powerful energy. And I know some people have a hard time with that. So I like just the three bullets. I force myself just right. It could be anything like the sky is blue. I'm breathing. I woke up today. Um, I'm grateful I have a car to sit in to drive home and not have to walk, you know, um, but chances are once you get in practice of that, you're going to find even deeper things. I'm grateful for the thing that person did. I'm grateful for that thing I watched happen there on the street where somebody supported somebody else. Um, so, yeah, a three by three. And then, yeah, just the three goals or to do's is a great way to just sit down. And that takes five minutes. So if you really can prioritize a little time for self-care and detachment, you can do that in five minutes anywhere in your car, on your walk home, commute, whatever be it. Yeah, for sure. Ashley and I plan fishing trips every year and that's one rule that we have on the boat. Yes, limit work talk. We charter a fishing boat with a bunch of officers and I, I don't let them shop talk when we're fishing. Um, with the passing of my mom, I work 12 hour nights. I work alone and my ships are quiet. What's a suggestion to tune out from my thoughts? Yeah, you know, um, <clears throat> I think one one good idea it depends what what you're able to be doing you know if your shifts are quiet and you have time um if if there's thoughts that are ruminating and they keep coming up and uh again writing this stuff down reflective journaling can be really really powerful you can just ask yourself why am i always thinking about that or why am i ruminating on this and use the who what when where why to to answer that and keep going and, and generally there's just a little bit of either incongruency or, you know, you, you want to be taking maybe an action and you're not, um, that, that can cause kind of some of that, that hardship, stress or, or anxiety. And, and a lot of it just is stuff that's spinning in the subconscious and we got to pull that out. And I've mentioned it a couple of times because 
journaling I've really found is the quickest way to access your subconscious. And this is physically writing it down. You know, I'm not even saying type it out on a computer because you can type way much faster and you can write when you slow your thinking down and you force yourself to write what's going on. Um, it really allows you to get that self-awareness and from that self-awareness, we can address things, we can take action, or we can just kind of piece things together. Why am I ruminating on that? Um, you know, another idea, if you really have the ability and you, you want to just developing yourself, like podcasts are great as their books. But again, it depends what you can really be doing while, while you're still at work there. I'm going to um, wrap this up here with you, Chris, because you're getting into trouble here in the comments. Derek says, did you just use the Q word for shifts? Laugh out loud there went the <laughs> neighborhood. <laughs> Chris, I know that you have some free value, some additional free content that people can get on your website in addition to a paid course and a Facebook group. So can you tell us how to get a hold of you? Yeah, of course. So um, really easy. I'm, I'm Work Life Mindset is the company that I run and um, worklifemindset.com. Uh, I do have some really good freebies. I got a journaling toolkit. So if any of that speaks to you, it's a great little lesson video and a good worksheet to help prime you how to do some of this journaling practices. I also have a time management core um, freebie and and a full on course, which is, is really powerful and teaches time blocking and productivity, um, all things that I found really valuable to to really pay attention to what I'm doing and live more intentionally, get on this growth journey and detach from work because a lot of the work detachment came from, OK, what am I doing? Like I'm home now. How do I fill this time? And I wasn't doing things that I wanted to do because I was decision fatigue at the end of the day. So how do you make those decisions ahead of time to prime your pre and post work day to fill your cup and do whatever you need to do to recharge is powerful. And then, yep, on Facebook, the work life mindset group, it's a private group, but I, I let most anybody in there. Um, so you can check us out on there. Cool. Chris, thank you so much for your time. Yeah, if there's any questions yeah. that we didn't get to, then Chris, if it's okay, I'll tag you and them and Chris will make sure to address it and connect with you guys. Um, hope you guys have a good day. Keep commenting. Whoever comments the most within the next 24 hours, I will send you this pretty badass tactical kit. So I hope everybody has a good day. Thanks, Ashley. Thanks, everybody. Have a great day.